Our need to stand still in a world filled with chaos and uncertainty has never been more important. You are invited to take this moment to wrap your heart and mind in narratives from the Hebrew scriptures, connect to its deep guidance, and move toward practices for encountering the presence of God in your life. Thanks for listening today to the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bruff. The following recording is part of a series called Be Still and Behold, 10 Weeks Exploring God's Presence in the Hebrew Scriptures. It was recorded in Winnipeg, Canada, for Prairie Presbyterian Church, where I am the pastor. This is part one, God in the Garden. We acknowledge that we are gathered on Treaty One land, first entrusted by Creator God to the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, the homeland of the Red River Métis. Where can I go? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? Where can I flee from your presence? O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Where can I go? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? Where can I flee from your presence? The steadfast love of the Lord 
each week, we take time to confess that we are not perfect people, that we have not lived up to God's will for us. We take time, not just as individuals, but collectively as the church, to acknowledge our sins, our wrongs, and our shortcomings, and to be assured of our new life in Christ. Whether you're joining us from a church building on Sunday morning or finding us online on your own, know today that wherever you are, you are part of the body of Christ, and we come before God together. Let us pray. Creator God, you formed us from dust, you breathed your life into us, and you walk with us as we journey. As we come before you today, we confess that we have not always followed you. Though our lips may say that we want you to walk among us, our hearts and actions often do not follow. We confess that we want to carve out our own paths, that we think we know what is best, and that we are more willing to listen to the voice of others than to yours. We confess today that at times we deliberately do things we know are wrong. We choose with full understanding to make decisions that are not in line with your will for our lives. Today, as we begin a summer of services focused on your presence, we confess that we are often not mindful of your presence. As we move through the next 10 weeks, we ask that you help us to find your presence in all the many ways that you show it. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. The God who created Adam and Eve, who strolled with them in the garden, and who clothed them so they would feel no shame, continues to walk alongside us today. Though Adam and Eve committed that first sin, God did not abandon humanity, but continues to interact with his children in every way imaginable, and many ways that are beyond our imagination. Know today that you are forgiven, that the God of all creation has called you by name, and that you are his. Amen. As we reflect on God's mercy and forgiveness, I invite you to share a sign of peace with those around you. As this is not a live broadcast, we don't have the same YouTube chat that we do during the year. And so you may have to be more deliberate about this. And so today, I invite you to find a way to share the peace of Christ with someone sometime in the next 24 hours. Of course, this can take the form of simply turning to the person beside you and saying, may the peace of Christ be with you. But it may also mean to be more deliberate, a text message, a call, a card. And so wherever you are, whenever you see this, may the peace of Christ be with you all. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. 
So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and as he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, "Did God say, you shall not eat from any tree in the garden?" The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves they heard the sound of the lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, "Where are you?" Our need to stand still in a world filled with chaos and uncertainty has never been more important. This series that we're doing over the summer is called "Be Still and Behold: Exploring God's Presence in the Hebrew Scriptures," and it offers us moments to wrap our hearts and minds in narratives from the Bible. helping us connect to deep spiritual guidance and practices for encountering the presence of God in our everyday lives. So over 10 weeks we are going to look at stories that challenge, comfort and change us as we continue learning to trust in the spirit and be guided by our faith. Alongside the teaching, scriptures, liturgy and music, there will be supportive practices which will help to transfer the les- lessons we learn into the pattern of our lives. and I'll be talking a little bit today about our first practice that we're going to be doing in a minute. The series is over 10 weeks and it's broken into three overarching themes. So our first four weeks looks at creation, heights, fire and dreams. And throughout these four weeks you'll be invited to engage with God through creativity. So in our first week, which is today, we're talking about God in the garden, and it's the story of Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden. In our second week, we'll talk about God in a dream and a wrestling match, and it's two stories about Jacob. In the third week, we'll talk about God in pillars of cloud and fire. And then God on the mountain, which are both stories that involve Moses. The following 3 weeks that we'll do are centered around buildings and structures, but not just structures and buildings like actual buildings, but um the the structures that we need in our lives as well to connect with God. And in these weeks you'll be invited to practice being present with God through centering prayer. So in the 5th week we'll have God in the tent 
And in week six and seven, we have a two-part little mini-series on God in the temple. The last three weeks, the overarching theme is the mystical. And in these weeks, you'll be invited to connect with God through starting a new ritual or habit or renewing something that you've done in the past. So the last three weeks, the first one will be about God not in the fire, earthquake, or storm. And it's the story of Elijah hearing God in a still, small voice or in the sound of sheer silence. And in the ninth week, we'll talk about running away from God's presence in the story of Jonah. And the final week of the series, we'll talk about God with everyone and look at a prophecy from the book of Joel. So we're really looking forward to this series and I hope uh, you take some time throughout to connect with the practices that we'll go over and that the teaching is helpful for you in your own faith. We just heard these words from the scripture where it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The humans end up exiled from the garden at the end of this story. If you read on the rest of it, most of us know the rest of the story. They are cast out, cast away from God's presence. And this is basically the the classic setup of that their sin leads to separation from God. And we often conclude that that is what this story is about, that it's uh, instructive for us, that our sin separates us from God. It seems like this story is really about disobeying God and then being punished for that disobedience. And it actually might be about these things on a surface level. But actually, the garden story is a story about the human condition. We are made in God's image for the garden. There's work to do in the garden, but at first it isn't hard work. As God tends to all of the creative universe, so we tend the garden and we're asked to walk with God. All the pictures of the garden show us the beauty of it and how it's this place of rest and enjoyment in the midst of working and tending the garden. It's this really beautiful scene, but almost right away, something is identified as being missing. God himself looks at the first human and says, it's not good that the man should be alone. We are made in God's image for relationship. And God discovers there is loneliness in paradise. Somehow walking with God alone is not enough. Community and harmony is needed with all of creation. First with the animals, and then with a human partner for the first human. And so that happens, and they get community, and everything seems great, but something else is not quite right in the garden. We sense a lack, and that lack is in us somehow. Even in the perfect garden, There is a tree that is off limits, but it seems as if the fruit would be really good to eat. And in fact, eating from it will mean a wisdom for which we long. 
It is hard to put your finger on exactly what this wisdom is. It's something that we want that is beyond ourselves, that somehow seems more than what God has already given. And we grasp for more when actually what we need or who we need is already walking right alongside us. But the thing is, when they eat from the tree, the fruit does bring knowledge. The first humans see clearly. And most difficult of all, they see themselves clearly. And they are filled with shame. It's really important to note that the Bible is not teaching us to be ashamed of ourselves, and in particular, not to be ashamed of our bodies. One of the biggest takeaways from this story is the surprise that God has when the humans hide themselves. They hide their bodies from one another with clothes that they try to make, and then they hide from God because they are ashamed of what they see when they look at themselves. But God is not ashamed of the humans. They get to shame all by themselves. Now, yes, at the end of the story, God sends them out from the garden because of what they have done. There are consequences for their actions. But God doesn't actually abandon them. While the humans are ashamed and hiding, God is calling out, where are you? And God's question, where are you, might actually be a question that continues to get worked out in the lives of the people of God throughout the scriptures. Definitely throughout the scriptures, God's people cry out for God to show up. How long is a common cry that they have? God, when will you act? When will you do something? But as you look at the story of God's people, it can often be asked of God's people, where are you? Their geography is actually really important. The promised land is central to their story. And then so are times of wandering in the, in the wilderness and times when they're exiled from their homeland. Our spiritual geography is important as well. This series is about the presence of God. In the garden, God's presence is just a given. It's a fact. God is there. It's the humans who hide from God's presence. It's not shielded from them. God is not hidden. It's the humans that are hidden. And God calls out, where are you? And maybe this can be our starting place too. Where are you? Where are you at with God? Are you not even thinking about it? Well, God's people had plenty of time when they weren't thinking about God. They were building their own kingdom rather than actually paying attention to God's spirit. Are you in the desert right now? In exile? Are you hiding your true self from others? Or from yourself even? From God? As the first humans did? Or are you tending the bit of the garden where you have been placed? Are you taking a bit of time to walk with God at the time of the evening breeze? This is the vision we get as God calls out to the humans, where are you? It's beautiful, peaceful. What is God doing as he calls out to us, where are you? Walking in the garden. God is saying, let's go for a stroll through the garden. Look at the trees, the beauty of creation. What is God doing? 
God seems to be resting. It's a Sabbath image. There isn't work to be done right at that moment. There's just a stroll. What if we heard God's call, where are you, as an invitation to join God on the stroll he's taking in the evening breeze? What if we heard this as an invitation to stop hiding from God? I invite you to think about what does that look like for you? Each week, we are encouraging you to participate in a spiritual practice. And you might want to try this every day or just once or a few times throughout the week. And what we're going to do is we're going to stay with the same spiritual practice for a few weeks. And so for these first four weeks, try engaging with God through some kind of creative practice. And you might resist this at first because maybe you feel like, Oh, I'm not creative. I, I'm not into creativity. But I encourage you to try to broaden your notion of what creativity is and open yourself up to the possibility of meeting God through doing something creative. You might try painting or singing or playing music or writing or journaling or building something or knitting or gardening. That would be really appropriate, wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe it's woodworking or some other craft that you want to try. But as you take time for your own creativity, imagine the creativity of God. And think also of the creative presence of the Holy Spirit being with you as you create. So I hope you'll take some time this week to do something creative. You probably already do something creative, but maybe take a moment to think about How is it that God might be present with me as I'm engaging in this creativity? Because God is an ever creative God. We believe in the God of all creation. And so I encourage you this week to take some time to think about that as you are also doing your creative act and practice. Creator God, we live in a changing world. Weather, which was once cyclical and consistent, has become a mystery. The rainy season does not come or lasts for far too long. The growing season shrinks, plants drown and plants wither. Around the world, farmers look at their fields and weep as families near and far depend on crops which do not come. We long for the lushness of Eden, but live in a world of extremes. We ask, O God, that you be with those who are struggling with our changing climate. Be with all those who struggle to grow enough to feed their families. Be with those who are relying on cash crops to support themselves. Comfort those who mourn as they watch their hard work be destroyed. As we move into the warmest part of our year in the Northern Hemisphere, be with those who struggle with heat. As the unrelenting sun shines down, help them to find moments of cool. Be with those who live in inadequate housing, with no access to air conditioners or reprieve from the weather. As lightning strikes and fires burn, be with those who are displaced from their homes and those fighting the fires. As waters churn, thunder roars, and winds blow, be with those who are in the path of destruction. Keep them safe and give them comfort. And as each of us ponders our place in this changing world, help us to become the change makers making a difference in both small ways and large as we advocate for justice on the protection of your earth. Amen.
Ashley Boychuk for her reading and singing of the psalm, Aaron Whitaker for her tireless work on the liturgy, Wes Keeley for all his technical wizardry and producing the original videos for the series. You can find the video version of Be Still and Behold on the YouTube channel for Prairie Presbyterian Church. Visit prairiechurch.ca to find out more and to get the accompanying PDF. I'm Matt Bruff, pastor at Prairie Presbyterian Church in Winnipeg and host of this, the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. Thanks for listening today. Take care.